go. So, yeah. So one, two, three. Say I read that he is strong. Yes, Jesus loved me. Yes, Jesus loved me. The Bible comes. Yeah, good job. That's our new intro, everybody. Well, good afternoon, morning, evening, middle of the night, whenever you're listening. I hope it's not the middle of the night. Um, do, do teens keep parents up in the middle of the night like babies they do? do? Oh. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Yeah. I've heard from many parents, it's like, my teens always want to talk after 11 p.m. Okay. Man, so. that means we don't get to sleep like ever. Do I know. We? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, well, welcome <laughs> to the For the Parents podcast. Uh, this is Pastor Nick. And this is Pastor James. Um, as always, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe below, or send your questions in to 425-530-5630. Again, that's 425-530-5630. And where would they get their questions answered? Would they come here, or would they jump over into the students for that? Uh, they would come here or into for the students. All right, so they'll have to either, find their either, question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, it could be either. All right. It so might be a question their students have, so I might put it there. Anyways. Yeah. Well, we're um, covering again what we covered the last uh, time we met in youth group. And we kind of did a one-off where I kind of finished, you know, we did our Simply Trinity series. And um, I would go back and cover the second part of that, but it would take too long. But I think that what I covered last week is important to talk about tonight or today, this morning. <laughs> is uh, I told them I'm still stuck on the resurrection. Um, you know, Easter was just a few weeks ago, but it's still an important thing that we need to continue uh, talking about always. And what I really did was just kind of say um, the Christian story is really um, quite radical in that not only do we believe that Jesus died and rose again, but him rising again means something for us rising again. That is not just like, oh, he defeated death for himself. He defeated in in his resurrection death for all of us. And he didn't just redeem us to like, he didn't just redeem our souls, so to speak, in his actual bodily existence and then bodily resurrection. He redeemed, he made new, bought back and transformed our bodies. He was the first fruits of the dead, right? Now, Jesus wasn't the first person resurrected uh we have lazarus that that happened to uh there's another passage in acts where this like kid falls out of a house and i forget who lays on him i think it's paul and like revives him and then there's another one too where um there's this woman who's like dead and then she's revived by one of the apostles i I can't remember if it was peter um or who, who who it was anyways i think it was peter um so he jesus isn't the first one to be resurrected. Jesus is the first one, though, to be resurrected and not have to die again. That's what people jokingly say, like, Lazarus had it pretty rough. Like, yeah, he, he came back to life, but he had to die again. Yeah, Jesus didn't die again. He was raised into a body that was different. Um, we look at the Gospels. I ask the teens, like, what does Jesus do after he's resurrected, right? I mean, 1 Corinthians 15 says that he showed himself to, like, 500 people, you know, and the apostles, and uh, what does Jesus do when it comes to the story of him and Thomas, right? Thomas doesn't see him the first time, and he doubts. And then Jesus comes to him and says, go ahead, feel my hands. See that I'm really flesh and blood here. 
Um, and Jesus eats fish, too, in the Gospel of John. Uh, but then there's also another story when he's resurrected, when the disciples are all meeting in a room, and the door is closed, it says, and then Jesus just appears. And you're like, whoa, can he, <laughs> he can just like walk through walls now? Like, um, and then uh, the, the, on the road to uh, Emmaus, there's also the story after they've had dinner, their eyes were open, and then Jesus just like pfft, disappears, right? So there's this weird thing that's happening where Jesus is able to be touched. He eats food. He can be seen, talked with. Uh, people know it's him, but also, again, like in the gospel stories, uh, I can't remember if it's John, but like Mary's talking to Jesus and thinks he's the gardener, and then it's Jesus, right? So like he can do wacky special things that we can't do with our bodies that he does in his resurrected body that's different than what he did in his pre-resurrection body, if that makes sense. So Jesus is not the first person resurrected. He's the first person resurrected to then not die again. And then he's, and on top of that, he's the first person to be resurrected, not die again, and have an entirely different body. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And how did you kind of draw that in for uh, how that impacts us today? What What about the resurrection uh, and Jesus being alive again? How does that impact us? How did you kind of draw that in for the teens? Well, I basically said that... Um, one, it's radical right. that like in our modern world, like we just know, uh, uh, well, I should say this. We, we, we think we know how things work, right? That dead bodies stay dead. Mm-hmm. Like, and I told them, I said, you haven't, you're young enough to where you probably haven't experienced a lot of death in your life. But when you're staring at a corpse, like there's something that says like in you, this feels wrong this feels final, so to speak, like it's violating, right? Um, And the Christian message is a message of hope that says this isn't final. And in fact, that that's not just going to become a body that then like you never see again. That person's actually resurrected into a new body that is far too glorious for us to even imagine, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's hard though for us in our 21st century kind of like materialistic world where we're just saying like everything is just like matters and molecules and atoms like that's matter molecules atoms like that's what this stuff is made of this chair this table like we just kind of think of it scientifically right and um what I told the students from first Corinthians 15 is that the Corinth, uh, the Corinthians, the Corinthian church was kind of having similar questions, right? Like, cause we have to kind of radically say like, how does this work? Um, this is Paul first Corinthians 15 verse 35, um, talking with an interlocutor an imaginary person. Will, and someone will say, how are the dead raised with what kind of body do they come? Right? Cause again, we all see those bodies go in and we all know too. Well, we don't know. The ancients knew that after a body was in the ground for a certain amount of days, it started to decay and stink, right? That was the issue with Lazarus. They were like, no, his body will stinketh, I think is what Brian quoted one day, right? That's right, from good old King James. Uh, From the King Jimmy, right? So um, the question is, how does that work? Like, what body did they come, right? How are the dead raised? And then Paul says, you foolish person, (laughs) What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, 
but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God, but God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So basically saying, like, you, you realize in the own natural world that all kinds of animals, and he, he's going to use it, right, and say he's going to, for not all flesh is the same, but this is verse 39, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish, right? Like, we don't have gills. We don't have wings, right? We, we don't have four hooves. We match, we generally match the terrain that we're to live on, right? And we have different kinds of bodies. And so Paul's just making an argument saying, can you allow that there's different kinds of bodies? And if you can allow that, why do you just assume that the body that goes in the grave is the same kind of body that comes back up, right? Yeah. Um, so he goes on to make that, and he even says, like, there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, um, and the glory of the heavenly is one kind, and the glory of the earthly is another. And that's part of what he's going to build to. And he's also talking about the glory of sun, moon, and stars, and says, and when he's talking about the sun, moon, and stars, he's talking about radiance really there. The sun's the brightest, the moon is, is bright, and the stars have their own brightness too. They have different radiances, um, so to speak. And then he says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised spiritual body. Uh, he goes on and on, and then he says, the first man became a living being, Adam. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit, which is also saying that Jesus, after he was resurrected, what did he do? He sent the spirit to us, right? Um, but it's not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. He's basically saying for us to, to have those new bodies, we first have to have natural bodies that die and then rise as new bodies, right? The first man was born from the earth, a man of dust, he says in verse 47. The second man is from Adam. Or from heaven, uh, Jesus. <laughs> so you have the we're of Adam, right? And I said this Chronicles of Narnia says um, we're sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, right? We're people who are who are part of the human race from the dust, mm -hmm. so to speak, right? And then Jesus though was from heaven, and so he starts off that way, and then also ends that way with a new glorified body, right? He he takes on the dust, so to speak, and then. He raises himself as a new spiritual being, closer, I, I guess, to what he had prior to. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, so that's the radicalness of the resurrection, right? It's not even something that we're necessarily going to fully comp uh, comprehend. Uh, did you did you cue in on anything else about the resurrection? How did well, that, how does that affect? Yeah, us today? and that partially Jesus. We have to remember that Jesus is actually like still living. Mm -hmm. Like we just like assume like he he ascended. And we're kind of like, well, then we're just waiting for him to come back. Like it says in the book of Hebrews and maybe one or two other places not coming to my mind, but he's interceding at the Father's right hand for us. Yeah. And so when Jesus has ascended, we don't want to just think, we're thinking, we're, I mean, again, we, we think we know things, but we probably don't know things as well as we think we do with different dimensions. But this, this kind of heavenly reality right now where Jesus is at is, I, the way that I think is, is, is a different dimension. But there's an actual flesh and blood human with a new transformed body interceding for us right if we could peel back the curtain of reality we could see that um so just a reminder that jesus is is for us he's actually living and breathing and is is on our side right now actively um through through his intercession and through the power of the holy spirit um and then basically said and then i kind of also said like the thing with christianity is we can't this is what corinth was saying is like how does this work 
and they um, forgot that God's in the equation, right? And I said, if God is who we think he is, right, the omnipotent, all-knowing, powerful God who's loving and holy and just and righteous and good and all the other things that we attribute to God, right, if that is the case and that is true and he created all of this, why do we so quickly just assume then that when the dead go to the grave, then that's all that there is? If God is part of the equation, then we should be able to entertain something radical. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of what I camped on at the end was saying God should not be out of our equation when it comes to Christianity. He should be the end. Like that means that we have a, a God of miracles. We have a God who can do things that um, no, no, no other thing, no other being can. Yeah. It's almost like we have faith in the gospel and the good news. And then we take faith and we just kind of set it aside and we're like, Oh, I don't faith only applies to the gospel instead of like, how does this work? Well, maybe if I have faith, yeah. if I believe in that person that saved me, that also has an impact in how I decide or how I work through whatever problem I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll, I'll wrap up with here is that I said no other, no other religion affirms the goodness of all of creation like Christianity. And I also said, I mean, Judaism believed in a resurrection too, um, but I think Jesus changes things. But um, Jesus, in his death and resurrection, um, in his ascension, affirmed that God wanted to redeem all of this. In the beginning, he called all things good. Mm-hmm. Um and we forget, I mean, we, we see us as the crown of all creation in Genesis 1, but also there were, before Genesis 1, 26 through 28, there are 25 verses showing that God really cared about creating all this, right? And then we get a few verses there at the end. Um, again, we're still the crown of creation. We're his image bearers on earth, but he wanted to redeem all of this, including our of the dust bodies and including all this earth. So the idea is that... Um, this life is so good that it feels violating that we encounter death. It feels, it feels wrong that we see so much suffering and evil and wickedness. Um, and Christianity affirms that at the end of the day, we get a, a, a redo, so to speak, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Well, and it even explains the reason why we feel that it is so wrong. Like yeah. It answers the wrongness that we feel instead of just... I'm sorry, you're dead and gone. It doesn't exactly. Matter. Yeah, right. And and the thing I'll end with is this. Paul um, in 1 Corinthians 15, he, he quotes Isaiah here. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Uh, sorry, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Um, and he basically is just reminding us that death, um, quoted to be as the last enemy in Revelation, is defeated as well. Um, and so even that great enemy... Um, so while well, we have the great enemy, uh, Satan and his, and his uh, minions, but we also have death as an enemy that gets defeated. So anyways, um, I basically said the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus changes everything. It means something radical for us as Christians. Yeah, and I think uh, you did a good job of reminding that it's not just Easter that we're supposed to remember this truth. we got to keep tracking without mm-hmm. it, with it through the year. So yeah. thanks for taking a listen. This is Pastor James. Pastor Nick. And again, if you have any questions, you can text. 425-530-5630. All right, give us a good thumbs up on this episode. We appreciate you guys listening. Bye-bye.